Myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew at time of release, Halloween night 2022. May have come and gone, but this place right here, this is your safe space, all right, where we celebrate an eternal Halloween. We have so many more tricks and treats in store. First up, our friends at Prop Store return with their all-new fall entertainment memorabilia auction happening this Thursday through Sunday, November 3rd through 6th. It is your chance to bid on and own items used in the production of your favorite films, TV shows, and the music world. Prop Store's logistic manager, Luke Cousins, checks in from the UK to talk about the monumental horror iconography up for grabs, including Mario Kerner's truly historic collection of props, masks, and costumes from the Friday the 13th movie, spanning 15 years of curation and discovery going under the hammer. Hear about the recently unearthed Dr. Carl Hill's severed head from Stuart Gordon's 1985 masterpiece, Reanimator, that you can take home. Or perhaps the full costume of Kiefer Sutherland's David from 87's The Lost Boys, complete with trademark wig and jewelry. Freddy's glove, Doug Bradley's original pinhead makeup appliances, and so much more. All on episode 360 with Prop Store, now slaying. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Bringing you as close as you can possibly get to the entertainment and films you love is the experience that a company called Prop Store curates for collectors all over the world on a daily basis. At time of release, their fall entertainment memorabilia live auction takes place in the UK this Thursday through Sunday. And along with it, your chance to own pieces of history from your favorite movies, TV shows, and music as well. Here to talk to us about the auction and a look at what's in store for horror fans, it's Prop Store's logistics manager, Luke Cousins. Luke, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us, man. Likewise, thank you for speaking to me. Of course, my gosh. So I guess before we get into it, for those who are entirely new to this, tell us just a little bit about the history of Prop Store and the service that it provides. Well, Prop Store's been going for over 25 years now. Uh, originally started where I am at Prop Store in London. Um, and obviously now we have an, a, an office closer to you over in Los Angeles. We are collecting all these you know, historic items from movies, trying to find where they've gone so that we can put them back into the people's hands, you know, the hands that people love the films and just find where all these treasures have disappeared to over the years. It's incredible, by the way, to see what you guys unearth yes. at uh, every one of these auctions. Could you go over some of the terminology that one might encounter when bidding on or purchasing an item from a TV or film production? You can browse through the catalog, for instance. You might see the word hero or stunt, for instance. So let's just start there with hero and stunt and what those mean. Yeah, so um, obviously, um, you know, if we're talking about a machete, Jason machete, just because we're talking horror stuff. Obviously, we've got actors um, that are potentially fighting with each other. You need to have stunt ones um, just so that we're not hurting each other on film. So that's where these stunt ones, they tend to be rubber, flexible uh, things um, just to cause no injuries. 
but obviously, you know, when we got the close-up shots, that's where the hero shots come in. They're the, you know, the money shots. They're the ones that you can really see the detail. And another term we see is screen matched. Yeah. Yes. Uh, screen matching is obviously, you know, uh, when stuff is used in film productions, Jason can't not have his hockey mask. Lots of these masks would be made for production. And, you know, things happen, things break, um, you know, obviously sometimes intentionally, sometimes accidentally. We can't, you know, they can't not have, have them. So multiples will be made. And also sometimes they wouldn't be used. Once you're able to screen match an item, and that's kind of one of the big things that we try and do, we're looking for individual cuts, individual breaks, those sort of things, trying to match them, watching films frame by frame. Uh, and once we can match those, you'll not only be able to say it was used in production, you can say it was used in, in the film in that exact scene. One of the wonderful things about this hobby is that there truly is something for everybody at a price point for everybody from a couple hundred dollars on a payment plan to a high-end piece like a Jason Voorhees mask from the final Friday that was sold in the summer of the EMLA uh, last year for a hammer price of $225,000. And no matter what the price, the buyer wants to make sure what they are getting is the real deal. So what can you tell us about the authentication process and the things that Prop Store does to go above and beyond to make the customer feel confident in their adventure with uh, prop collecting? Yeah, obviously, you know, it's, it's something we've been doing for 25 years now. It's difficult, um, but, you know, we do watch things frame by frame. That's why they're like the screen matching. Obviously, the authenticity, the stories, all stuff that we're listening to, screen matches, it's definitely in that film once that screen match, but you know, everything that we sell comes with a prop stores uh, certificate of authenticity, which, you know, is our kind of guarantee that these are, have been used in the production of the film. Um, and that comes with every item that we sell and every item that is going to be in this auction. Um, a few of things will come with original uh, studio certificates as well. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do. We want to make sure that we're selling genuine screen used articles we've got this incredible new auction coming up how is the fall emla that begins on thursday different from other auctions you've done in the past so this year we are doing a four-day auction with day one being kind of the really kind of big kind of hero pieces you know the big money items are on on day one day two a new venture for us uh, music so we've got a, a number of music lots uh, so that's on the 4th of november Fifth and sixth will be back to kind of the movie, uh, television and film memorabilia items that will be, um, you know, but they're kind of will come. And that's on, on a Saturday and Sunday, which is a new for us as well. It's good. We're going to have to book the whole <laughs> Thursday. I, my whole weekend is shot because I'm going to be watching the auction because there's a live feed of the auctioneer and it is fascinating fascinating yeah we've talked about this before it's like watching the super bowl for us it really is <laughs> it's even more exciting actually yeah <laughs> so as far as what horror fans can expect from this current auction the centerpiece is certainly this historic sale of a collection from a man named mario kerner what has he managed to preserve over some 15 plus years of collecting yeah so uh, as you mentioned the mario kerner collection you know, big deal. Mario is the a historian of all things Jason Voorhees. Um, I was lucky enough to kind of meet him and kind of look through his collection. 
And he's basically transformed his collection into the Friday 13th prop museum. And he's literally written the book on Friday the 13th. He has a Friday the 13th book that shows all of his collection. We're lucky enough to be selling 30 of the um, of his items in this auction, um, including some of the items you can see in front and behind me. My eyes are going to the Jason mask in the very front, which I believe would be from Friday the 13th, part six, Jason lives. And as far as the story of Mario is concerned, that is the film that really brought him into collecting from that franchise. And it is just spectacular. So this is a screen matched hero um, hockey mask, uh, as you mentioned, from Jason lives. This was um, uh, CJ Graham uh, would have worn this mask. Um, so it's used throughout the, the filming, but particularly in the latter stages, just because the, uh, the bullet hole um, in, the, in the center there is also um, screen matches to a lot of the, um, the underwater scenes um, because of the additional break uh, to the bottom down here, which is actually kind of where um, the boat propeller um, hits into Jason's face. Interestingly as well, they noticed after the filming that he's hit on the left side, whereas the damage is actually on his right. Um, So they actually, in post-production, had to flip the image uh, to make sure that was correct. Oh, and I love that the Jason masks kind of carry the history of previous films as the films go on. So yeah, by the time we get to part seven, most of that, that damage that is kind of retained stays with it moving forward, which is a great part of the Jason iconography, which we love. This piece is in the auction with an estimate of 40 to 60,000 pounds. Over to the side of it, I believe, is something from one of the later films, Freddy vs. Jason, correct? Yes. So this is now uh, Ken Kurtziner as Jason. So this is the mask and the cowl. You can kind of see, obviously, the difference between, you know, the original kind of acrylic mask um, up to a uh, resin fiberglass mask. Uh, Obviously, features leather straps and the metal bustles as well. It's it's got uh, foam padding on the inside, so it's interesting to see the the kind of comfort level of the things as the sort of budget um, and actors change as well. Um, with this, um, there's also inside, might be difficult to point out here, that there is a um, prosthetic kind of eye appliance underneath, which again was a small mistake. Originally, they put it in the wrong side. And if you kind of see inside the mask, there is um, residue of where that glue originally was and they noticed it part of the way filming had to flip it over and then those images were then ultimately flipped um, again so just a couple of continuity errors with these films i you know what i love that about it just proves that we're human and that we make mistakes even on a huge production where i'm sure they're going over every little detail that something like that was missed but they were able to fix it which is awesome that's the interesting thing about speaking to Mario. Mario obviously have had these these in his collection for a, for a long period of time, and and he's curious about them. So he notices the glue residue, and he's like, "Why is that?" He'd reach out to crew members and kind of try and understand why is there glue marks here, why is this crack here, um, and you know all the little details and those things that he can tell you about those things are it's just fascinating. And there's also an autograph on the inside of that one by Ken and the stunt performer, Douglas Tate, who wrote, give me back my damn mask. (laughs) (laughs) So you also become part of that story by picking that up. Yeah, it's nice as well that, you know, you can still display the, you know, the mask um, and then, you know, the signatures are in there because sometimes, you know, if the signatures are across the face, it kind of 
can slightly detract from the prop itself. But no, you can actually, you know, display the prop nicely uh, and know that those signatures are in there. The Boo Crew will be right back. Jason is back. He moves like a shadow, dark and silent. He never utters a word. He simply, mindlessly, mercilessly kills. But now his reign of terror is over because Friday, April 13th, will be Jason's unlucky day. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. And then over to your left really completes that yes. mask, right? That's the full outfit. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, the full, full ensemble. Um, again, Ken Kurtzner. Um, So this is, uh, you've got coat, jumper, T-shirt, trousers, boots, gloves, belt. So full kit. Interestingly as well, um, this suit um, mentions inside, it mentions no magic. Uh, magic is a kind of, is used to distress costumes. Distress in weathering just to kind of add the age and those kind of damage. The only problem is it's highly flammable. They have to obviously make sure don't put anything on this because this would have been used in seams near open flames as well. And from that same 2003 film directed by Ronnie Yu, Freddy's Glove, a tremendous piece of horror history in the fact that that's likely the last time that Robert England has worn a glove, at least in the Elm Street franchise. Oh my gosh, I of never films, thought right? of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as you mentioned, Robert England's Freddy versus Jason, Freddy Krueger glove. It's obviously a, a, a tan leather glove that features, I'm uh, just going to spin it around there for you, uh, kind of soot marks and then some kind of stage blood on there as well. You've got a, uh, a brass copper hand appliance. Um, and then these, because these would have been used in the battle sequences, these are uh, resin. I mean, they're iconic, the finger blades. Moving over to your far right, we're going to take a look at this beautiful Hellraiser pinhead appliance. Um, yeah, obviously pinhead. You know, leader of the Cenobites, uh, played by Doug Bradley in the classic Clive Barker Hellraiser. Um, so this is a life cast uh, with filming prosthetics. This is actually incredibly rare to have um, the original pinhead makeup appliance. It's thought to be one of the last surviving sets, just because obviously, you know, it would have been a lot of work um, for Doug to get kind of put into this and then taken off and then all of the individual pins um, applied. So, yeah, that's it's, yeah, quite a rare piece that's in the auction for twelve to £16,000. Wow, that is fascinating that that yeah. still exists. I can't even get over it. And uh, right beside that, we have a Michael Myers mask. And that's my favorite one. Yeah, H2O. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers, The Shape. Chris Durand in this film, you know, classic latex mask, brown painted eyebrows, and the uh, faux brown hair. 20 years later, H2O. In the catalog, it mentions that four different designs were used for the production a KNB mask, a Stan Winston mask, and a Beekler mask, as well as a CGI mask that was superimposed in one scene. This one is the Stan Winston version. Originally created for reshoots, ended up replacing the K&B one and is seen in several scenes, mostly in close-up shots, including the end of the film. 
And behind that, we have uh, basically a, a life-size statue of Kiefer Sutherland from The Lost Boys. How much of that is actually from the film that we're looking at? So yes, this is uh, David's costume display. So you have a blonde mullet wig, um, earring, black leather trousers in there, and then a long double-breasted trench coat. The interesting thing with the trench coat as well is um, there's harness holes in the rear here, which would have been used during the flying sequences. Obviously, you know, it's displayed like this. Um, it's, made, it's on a custom mannequin uh, with a life cast of Keith Sutherland um, featuring a full set of uh, white fangs as well. Um, so it's, you know, ready to go, ready to, to display. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And I also find that things from movies that aren't part of a massive franchise you have even a tougher time of locating some of that stuff and that stuff still being around. Another item in that kind of vein is that head from the reanimator right down in oh, front there. Oh, that's my favorite. Yeah, from 1985. What can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, so Dr. Carl Hill, severed head. So it's a foam and latex with a kind of synthetic brown wig and plenty of stage blood. Um, this, interestingly, was featured in uh, issues 5 and 55 of Fangoria and was actually eventually auctioned off from producer Brian Yasny's personal collection uh, for Fangoria's Get Ahead contest in 1986. It also comes, um, as I mentioned about kind of certificates, it comes with a certificate from Fangoria as well. So, you know, that's... Yeah, interesting to see how film, how props make their way kind of off the films, you know, through uh, prize and competitions. That's an incredible lineage of provenance to follow that head. That is so, so cool. It looks like it's in excellent condition. Yeah. Also in front, I can't help but notice the classic good guy doll. Which of the Child's Play films did that come from? This good guy doll was from Child's Play 2. Obviously, in Child's Play 2, uh, multiple good guy dolls are seen throughout the uh, Play Pals Inc. factory sequences, uh, especially towards the uh, finale of the film where uh, Chucky kind of battles to the end. So, yeah, no, it's always nice to see this little guy. I was petrified of him as a child. But, um, <laughs> getting, as, to, getting to like him now. Yeah, as we are. And uh, now our kids with the new Chucky TV series, too. Yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's outstanding. And Ooh. then I see behind you, is that a Freddy Fedora? Oh, in the, in and the display the scream, case. Yes. The ghost face mask. Yeah, oh. you got some extra things. Yeah, so you've got a, a Freddy Fedora. Uh, the scream mask is from Scream 5. That one is interesting because of that paperwork that comes with it. Uh, so that actually comes with some paperwork from Funworld. Um, so Funworld provided the masks for the film. Um, obviously, Scream 5 was um, shot during COVID. So actually, when they, they made um, about 100 masks for the film, but destroyed them because of COVID. So there's very little that actually remained. And this comes with that Funworld certificate which just, you know, it's a readily available mask, but the Fun World certificate changes that to a really, really good item. Luke, do you have a favorite item that is in the auction? I mean, I wasn't prepared for the ghost face question and I knew it because it's one of, <laughs> one of the things that I, I uh, that paperwork changes that prop for me is, I mean, we've talked about lots of iconic horror icons, basically. 
you, you've got Ghostface. You know, we've got a, a leather face chainsaw as well. You know, we're ticking all the boxes on these icons for you. Anyone listen, this is just a small slice to use the uh, horror terminology of the horror props and uh, things from horror productions that are for auction coming up in prop stores fall 2022 EMLA starting this Thursday, a time of release. Do you have to be in the UK to be able to bid? How does it all work? No. So as you mentioned, you know, this is a small selection of over uh, 1,500 lots that we have over the four days as mentioned. Um, Suits all budgets, as you've also mentioned as well. 3rd to the 6th of November, we will be doing a live auction at BAFTA 195 Piccadilly in London. Um, But the auction is live now online at propstore.com forward slash auction. So wherever you are, we have a live stream. So wherever you are in the world, you can log on um, and watch all these go under the hammer. And register to bid so you can take part. Which is the most fun of the whole thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) And dangerous. (laughs) And you do have, I mean, for those who go for those higher end items, they do have flexible payment plans and things like that of that nature, correct? What can you tell us a bit about that when, when you get to that part of having to pay? Um, yes, so on um, majority of items, we, we do um, three-month payment plans. So it allows you to uh, spread the cost of the purchase. You know, so it's just, it makes these iconic items more affordable to every collector. And what if someone's listening has worked on a horror production or another film or TV production and has some items that they might be willing to consign? What can they do to get in touch with you guys? Head straight to propstore.com, consign or sell right in the top right-hand corner of the website. You log on and let us know. You know, we are constantly trying to find these items. Um, this is what we what we love doing, um, finding the things that we thought were lost. Propstore.com, head there, let us know. Excellent, Luke. Thank you so much, Lauren. You got anything else? No, we covered it all. Perfect. Luke, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time and for showing us all these wonderful things. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 360. Special thanks to our guest, Luke Cousins of Prop Store. The time of release, go to propstore.com slash auction to see detailed photos and descriptions of each and every lot to get registered to bid and to just watch along. Their four-day fall EMLA auction takes place This Thursday through Sunday, I promise you, bidding or not, you'll have a blast checking it out. Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. My name is Trev. Till next time, on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, it is the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full-cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepypastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.